Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for the organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. For over 15 years, I've been a sales, marketing, and customer success executive, and my career is primarily focused on early and growth stage tech companies. The Success League works with leaders and companies of all sizes and stages. Today, I'm joined by Jim Kalbach, the head of customer success at Mural and the author of Mapping Experiences, a book about how visual diagrams and blueprints can help companies optimize their customer Customer experience. We're going to be talking about the ways that Mural maps their customer journey, as well as Jim's advice for companies that want to adopt visual approaches to the various processes and experiences that their customers and team members go through. So Jim, welcome to the podcast. Would you be willing to share a little bit of background on yourself and how you ended up in customer success, and also a little bit of information about Mural? Yeah, hi, Kristen. Uh, great to be here today. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, my name is uh, Jim Callback. Um, I have a background in design, digital product design and UX strategy. Uh, I've been doing that for over 20 years. And I made a shift into customer success um, a, a few years ago, two and a half, three years ago. Um, and th- there is overlap um, between UX and CX and customer success, I think, and that is around a common perspective of customer centricity. So for me, the the, the jump was wasn't too too broad because I think we we kind of have a, a, a similar core of beliefs. In fact, Kristen, when you were giving your um, uh, meetup talk in New York City when I saw you there, your intro could have been an intro to a UX talk <laughs> or a design yeah. talk. Um, but I think what's different is the medium and the tools that we work with and the way that, you know, the outcomes of, of those different practices. Um, but I think it was that central starting, starting point that um, was common, you know, to, to you know, both my, my background as a designer and now in customer success. And I dabble in customer experience uh, communities as well, too. I, I, you know, I think there's a, there's a commonness there as well, too. Well, you know, I was looking through your your profile on LinkedIn and I went way back and um, I noticed you have a degree in music. So how do you think that that kind of led into, you know, what you decided to do in design as you went into your career path? Because I found that really interesting. Are they yeah, related? Sure. Sure. I, I, you know, in my mind, they are. And a lot of people come from all, you know, particularly in customer success. And that's also true in UX design that, you know, people don't go and study that necessarily. They come from psychology or they study yeah. English or programming or, you know, so they, you know, people coming in laterally to all these fields. And for me, you know, the music thing was just part of me that I brought with it. So in my mind, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I think I think some of the some of the overlap uh, there is around creativity 
community um, is is around you know e- empathy. Um, yeah. to, to be honest with you, that kind of thing. To be to be a musician and play with other musicians, you have to be empathetic of them as well too. And that carries through into UX design, and of course, it carries through into customer success as well too. So for for me, there is there's a continuity there that doesn't l- look that consistent on paper, but it makes sense in my mind. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about what Mural does? Sure. Um, Mural is an online digital whiteboard. Um, So we provide a space, uh, a virtual space for teams, creative teams um, in particular, to collaborate um, remotely. Um, Remote work is is on the increase these days. And what we're finding are a lot of large companies have design teams and development teams and customer success teams, for that matter, who aren't sitting together. They're not in the same location, but they still want to do that whiteboarding-like activity. So anything that you can imagine doing on a flip chart or a whiteboard, you know, behind your desk with post-it notes, you can do in mural. So what we do is we we uh, we give people the ability, we give dispersed teams the ability to collaborate creatively and visually um, with a remote tool. And just at a high level, um, it's a browser-based, uh, cloud-based application, um, so you can access it right through your br- browser. And the interaction is a lot like Google Maps, that we provide the illusion of a big space through zooming and panning, um, but you create the map. So it's really about mapping out your own thoughts visually, um, again, allowing creative teams to work effectively at a distance. That's great. It's it's really interesting. I went and saw a presentation that you did, and I thought it was pretty amazing um, what you and your team have done um, in terms of customer success with your own tool. So it's pretty neat. And hopefully we can get into a few details on what you have built. Um, but before we dive into that content today, I'd really like to ask about your book. So what drove you to write it? And why do you think that mapping experiences is such an important topic? Yeah, sure. Um, I had been, uh, like I said, working in um, you know digital product design and UX strategy for, for a while. Um, and myself as a practitioner coming up to some big questions, which were um, around how do I how do I observe um, a customer experience and then encapsulate that in a way that I can come back to a development team or a marketing team or my internal teams and talk about it in a holistic sense. And, you know, that's kind of this customer centric movement that we're seeing um, is this this focus on the experience, which is this big, abstract, squishy topic. And I was struggling like a lot of like a lot of people in the field tr- struggling to make that more tangible and right. more concrete. So I, I was going out and looking at customer journey maps and, you know, kind of uh, kind of in a crash test dummy kind of way, trying all these things out and making a lot of mistakes. So I had I had made all these mistakes that I wanted to that I basically wanted to wrap up and share with other people <laughs> to help them do it. So in your book, yeah, you mentioned this, but you use that word experiences pretty broadly. It seems like it covers anything that goes on in an organization, internal processes or customer experiences or, you know, even shareholder value. So today we're going to focus on customer experiences. Can you talk about the kinds of experiences that fall into that bucket in your mind? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, first of all, um, the book does take a decidedly commercial approach to things. So I'm assuming uh-huh. that it's practitioners, you know, working for a company either as a consultant or internally. Um, and, you know, I, I the language and the approach is, is really kind of very UX and CX and service design centric. But my 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 approach to the word experience is just a just a um, uh, 
just to talk about that for a section, really was talking about human experiences. And I, I've had people okay. from marketing, and I've also had people from uh, learning development, uh, educators come to me uh, and, and ask how they could map out their experiences. And I had this really great experience at the beginning of this year where I was asked by uh, a non-governmental organization in Abu Dhabi um, that works in countering violent extremism to run um, a, a mapping session with ex-violent um, extremists wow. um, looking at their experience. And that was really that was really my I did it I did it for personal reasons because I wanted to show that what I talk about in my book and the word experience isn't just about getting people to buy more or you know to optimize a sales journey or anything like that. It's really really about understanding human experiences. So I do take the broadest interpretation of that yeah. term as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the clear-cut types of experiences that you talk about and one that I'm sure everyone in our audience has heard of is a customer journey map. And uh, that's what a lot of customer success teams seem to be trying to do right now. So in your view, what are the critical elements of a solid journey map? Okay, a customer journey map, I think the key is in the word journey. Um, and the first element that you tend to focus on is some kind of timeline um, that we see customer journeys chronological with a beginning and an end. Um, and I think there are three key points along that timeline that you first have to determine. The first is around awareness or when the customer first discovers your product, brand, or service. Um, and then there, the second point is a decision point. You want to know why and how they select your product or service. And then after that, it's about loyalty. So we, we tend to see customer journey maps having variations of those three larger phases of interaction with a lot of sub-steps in between. Um, and that, that constitutes a, a chronology, a timeline. Very often there are somewhere between four and 12 different phases that you come up with. And then what you want to do is map to that timeline. You want to map first a description of the customer experience. And this is through observation and you know real data that you collect, you want to look at the actions, thoughts, and feelings that a customer has across that timeline. And that's really what you're trying to understand is their experience. There are other elements and facets of information that you can also look at, like pain points or just you know uh, decision-making motivations and things like that. But we tend to think about three or five different aspects of the customer side, the customer experience that we want to map. And we do that visually and with text. Um, but below that, what we want to do is map the organizational goals or processes to that. And really what we're trying to see is an alignment of the organization to the customer experience across that journey. Um, and at a high level, we see customer journey maps having that pattern, a timeline, a description of the experience, and then a description of some aspect of the organization that's relevant for the team and the, the department creating the customer journey map. Cool. And I realize as you're giving me your answer on this that I'm asking you to verbally describe something that's a very visual thing. And so uh, just for all the listeners, um, if you're interested in this and you want to get more details, Jim's book has a ton of visual examples in it. And you can go through that and, and learn how to do a variety of different kinds of, of journey maps and um, experience maps and things like that. In your book, you also mentioned something uh, called an experience map. Can you tell us what the difference is between a customer journey map and an experience map? And how might you use an experience map in customer success? Sure. Um, first of all, at a, at a high level, that basic pattern 
um, that I just described, uh, uh, some map, some description of the experience, and then some description description of what the organization is doing to provide that experience is, is a high-level pattern that we see across a lot of different diagram types. So there are customer journey maps and experience maps and service blueprints and mental model diagrams. There's lots of different terms out there. And at some level, I, I believe they have something at, uh, all in common, and that's this idea of visually aligning two different components, the customer side and the organization side. Um, historically, though, there are differences between these names and what they mean. I think there's also some, I think there's also some practical differences between them as well, too. So when we're talking about a customer journey map, just to go back to that for a second, we're really looking at the individual's relationship to me, to my brand or my company. Um, I use the term experience map to talk about what the person is trying to accomplish in their life, which may or may not be centered around your brand or your product. Uh, one of the examples that I often give um, is uh, Adobe, for instance. Adobe makes Photoshop. Uh, very often I'm speaking to designers, so that's something they can relate to. Um, you as a designer, you have a relationship with Adobe. Uh, and I would call that your customer journey with Adobe. But you, as a designer, you you do lots of things in your in you know in your daily job. And as it you know to get a design launched, you're you're going to be doing lots of different things. I call that your experience. Um, so for customer success, that experience is really important because that's ultimately what we want people to be successful at doing 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 their job, right? Of course, we want them to have you know good brand awareness and loyalty and upsell and all that kind of things. But really, what I think we we need to focus on is what is our customer trying to get done? And an experience map allows you to, to look at that outside of just your the relationship with your brand as well, too. The two, the two by the way, um, they answer a different question. So it's not one is better than the other or one is bigger than the other. Or, you know, an experience map is inside a customer journey map. I've heard people say that. Or a customer an experience map is bigger than a, a customer journey map, and that's the smaller thing. I, I think that's the, way, the wrong way to look at it. I think they have different perspectives on the individual, on the human being. And, and what story you're trying to tell about them. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for kind of um, describing the two different purposes and the two different kinds of um, maps those would be. You also mentioned one called a service blueprint. What's that? Yeah, sure. Um, that's actually one of the uh, historically one of the older types of diagrams and methods that are out there, going back to the early '80s and be, and before, uh, even earlier as well too. Um, a service uh, blueprint is, you know, kind of the staple of service design, uh, which is similar to customer journey map and an experience map, um, but it's really looking at the service provision mechanisms that the problem that a customer uh, sorry, that a uh, service blueprint um, uh, focuses on is how can we provide a better service? So you tend to get a lot more focus on the backstage side of things. A customer journey map, just to compare, tends to look at the emotions and look at the customer as the name uh, implies. It's the customer journey map. And then you map the organization back to that. In a service blueprint, you're really looking at the nuts and bolts of what do we have to do to provide the service. And service blueprints tend to be more episodic. Um, it tends to focus on a specific encounter with your service um, and then all of the backstage processes that go with that. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Um, what kind of visual diagrams and models are you using at Mural right now, I guess, and how are you employing those? Um, the other question I had, and, and this is a multi-part question, but <laughs> um, are any of those customer facing? And if so, how do you use those with your customers? 
Yeah, sure. Um, you, you know, in, in the book, I, you know, I talk about some of these high level theories of alignment and then I, I, I go through each of these uh, different types of diagrams that exist uh, out there, you know, historically and have methods around them in, in quite detail. But in, in, in practice, um, I know that your reality, you know, you're not going to be doing strictly one or the other. And, um, you know, that's at Mural, too. Um, I, I kind of have, have a mashup of different uh, maps and diagrams that we've used over the years to look at our customer journey. Um, so, so things do tend to blur and blend. Um, but one thing um, I think that you can get started with right away is something called a touchpoint inventory or a touchpoint map, where you're really just looking at um, a chronology. Uh, what's the what's the customer journey? So you kind of start with that backbone of of the, of the timeline. But what you're really looking at are all the all the different artifacts and touch points that you have with them in terms of email, uh, phone calls, website, product touch points, and you really want to get uh, a map of that. Uh, the cool thing about Mural is that you can include images, uh, and because you zoom in and out, I can really look at. I, I, I we literally paste the emails into the touch point map so that I can zoom in and see the relationship of an email to the website uh, because I have those two visuals right in front of me. So I've done a lot of uh, touch point inventories, also created some uh, journey maps and experience, experience maps as well to explain what our customers are trying to do. Um, but we, um, we recently, uh, for customer success, we've been using a timeline um, with customers. So we actually invite our customers into a mural, and they have a timeline of their subscription with us. Uh, and we use that to, to um, uh, capture and foster a discussion with them over the course of the year. And then we can keep track of what we've talked about uh, over the year. And it's li literally a timeline, a visual timeline, that the customers themselves engage with, and they love it. Um, I, I've had... Uh, you know QBRs where the, the team is laughing by the end of it. It's it's a it's a fun and engaging way uh, to bring customers into the conversation. So then, can they add to the timeline as well if they're in the mural? Can uh, everybody uh, just collaborate uh, yeah, on it? Uh, Absolutely. So Mural is a cloud-based application that allows multiple people to collaborate at the same time. If you're familiar with Google Docs, it's a lot like Google Docs in that you see multiple people in in the Mural at the same time. Um, and we even broadcast their cursors so you can see where people are moving and what content they're adding. Uh, and it becomes this, you know, with a with a remote. Um, I'm assuming a dispersed um, uh, group of people. And typically, when you when we do QBRs, there, you know, it's a phone call. It's a it's a conference call. Um, but then we open up the mural and you can actually see that content moving around. And we absolutely invite um, the customers to engage and add content there. We even do voting sessions and small little activities where they where they contribute their thoughts visually as we're talking through it. That's really cool. I love that because I feel like, you know, more than half the population of the world is a visual learner. And if you can engage people visually, I think they're just more engaged in general. And um, that's a really cool way to do it. And it's really cool that you guys are using your own product. I think too many companies don't use their own products for things. So that's neat. Um, could you describe the process of mapping an experience? I know this is broad and you have a huge book um, that is dedicated to this process, but um, so I don't want to cover it in that level of detail, but at a high level, um, could you kind of describe the steps that someone would go through if they wanted to map an experience? Sure. Um, part two of my book, I think it's chapters four through eight or something like that, the, basically the middle of the book, um, I, 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 I answer that question in in 
painful detail, um, <laughs> much more so than I'm going to do here. But I've basically broken it down into four different modes of thinking about mapping. So if you are going to embark on a mapping project, the first thing you need to do is initiate the effort and set it up right. Um, I see a lot of efforts get off uh, kind of on the wrong foot. They're either choosing the, the wrong format as their output or they're not scoping the experience and the, or the customers, which, you know, which customers and which experiences. So I talk about initiating uh, and I give a lot of uh, tips there around how to set up an effort the right way. Um, and okay. The next mode of thinking is really around investigation. I have heard of people saying, oh, we can just get in a room together and brainstorm the customer experience in an hour, which you can do, but it's not real. Um, so you really need to make it real. It needs to be based on observations, insights, and facts. You might have that lying around already. That's fine. But bring it all together. Um, you might have to do some supplemental, you know, research or investigations on top of that to fill in some gaps, but base your map on, on real data. Um, and that's the, what investigation is about. Um, the next phase is illustration. So you need to visualize that. Um, and by the way, you don't have to be a graphic designer. It's not about artistic ability. Even a, a, a whiteboard with sticky notes is a version of a diagram. Um, so it's really the question of what level of fidelity do you need? Uh, if you do need a highly polished diagram, that doesn't mean you can't get started. You might have to call up a graphic designer at the end. But the mapping, the hard part of it is telling the story, telling the, the customer story and telling your organizational story and how those two align. Um, and that's what illustration is all about. And then finally, you want to make that actionable. Um, and I see mapping um, as an activity. And I, I always say it's not about the map. It's not about the noun. It's about the mapping. It's about the verb. So the verb of mapping and bringing bringing people in your organization into that process, getting them to empathize with the experience and then understanding how the organization needs to align or realign around that experience. That That's as important, if not more important, than the diagram itself. The diagram is just a deliverable. It's just a springboard into the conversations and the activities that you need to then do as an organization. That's really interesting. Um, you know, we build playbooks for um, organizations as a part of what the Success League does. And um, I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. The act of actually building that together is really powerful. Um, but I hadn't really... I hadn't really thought about that consciously. Yeah, I've, um, so I've made that mistake. Like I said, I've made that mis I've made a lot of mistakes myself. And some of the early mapping projects that I took on, I had this kind of arrogant designer mentality where I, you know, I took my directive to create a map, and then a month later I showed up with this diagram, and I didn't get buy-in. And guess what? I didn't include anybody <laughs> in the process. And of course, I didn't get buy-in because it was this magical document that I, you know, suddenly, you know, showed to people and said, "Here, react to this." And they basically said. I, I don't know where that came from. I'm, I'm not going to work with it. So I realized quickly that you, you need to involve people throughout the process of creating it. And that, that's part of the empathy building is the mapping part of it. Um, but you also need to think very, very carefully, what are you going to do after that? Like what's the team plan after that? Um, and I, it's really those, those things involving people and then having an action plan after it. Those, those are the hard parts. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's interesting. I I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that um that's something that would be useful for a lot of our listeners to hear. One of the reasons I know you work for Mural in the first place is that the company has this amazing tool that enables visualization of experiences. Are there other tools though that people could be using? You mentioned post-it notes. Sure. I think that's yeah. a 
yeah, that's a that's kind of a low tech but um, pretty effective way of, of mapping experiences. Are there other things you've seen people use? Yeah, I mean, I think the question does start with what level of fidelity do I do I need to work at? Um, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a startup um, myself. Um, you know, very kind of flattish hierarchy. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to impress people with you know high, high gloss Illustrator files and things like that. If you're working with the CEO of a bank, you you might not want to you know walk in with sticky notes as your you know map. Um, so you need to yeah. determine what <laughs> level of fidelity you're working at. But certainly sticky notes. Um, you know, I've used I've used tools like Excel. I've seen people using things like PowerPoint. Um, I think that's more of a hack. Um, what we're seeing today are more tools. Uh, Mural, I, I would put in as as one of those tools that are digital and online and really let you do mapping. But there are also for-purpose tools as well too, like Uxpressia or U, Uxpressia, I think they 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 call it. And that's basically an online, a browser-based application that's set up to help you do mapping. So you can put in a persona. It has places for these phases that I was talking about um, earlier as well too. It has then you know rows of information, you know, the action, thoughts, and feelings, and it's basically set up. It's completely configurable, but it's basically set up for you to collect um, uh, mapping information as well, too. Uh, Smaply is another one as well, too. So we see this whole class of tools that are for purpose uh, built just for mapping and experience mapping and journey mapping. I think the next step beyond that, what we're also starting to see are a class of tools um, that are more database-driven, like CX Suite or Suite CX. I think it's Sweet CX is the name of it, or Touchpoint Dashboard as well too. That are really about managing the experience. It's not about how, how do I get a, a visualization of the experience so that my team can understand it, but it's how how do I do that and then manage it over time. So these are online tools that are database driven. You set up your experience and then you can tie that in to um, real data that you have coming in. So you can see NPS scores at touch points and things like that in real time as well too. So mapping now then becomes a management. It's not just a creative and a research activity um, for inspiration and, and innovation and that kind of thing. It's um, It becomes a management tool. Well, that's cool, Jim. Thanks for sharing some other tools that people can use. I think that it's important that people have some options as they're thinking about how to do this. And it sounds like there's really some cool things that are out there right now for them. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. By now, you probably know that the Success League offers two training programs for CSMs and success leaders. Our Customer Success Leadership Program is designed to help directors and VPs of customer success be more effective in their planning, hiring, management, and communication. I teach these classes, and as a former VP of customer success, I'm sharing the skills and models I learned over years of doing the job. Our CSM training program is for customer success managers who need training on customer success basics or to brush up on specific skills. These classes focus on how CSMs can help customers achieve the outcomes they are looking for through effective planning and communication. All of our classes are one-hour instructor-led sessions that include discussion and tools that enhance learning. Our 2018 classes start the week of January 22nd, and prices are going up next year. However, if you sign up for either series by January 12th, you'll receive 2017 pricing, which is more than 20% off. For coupon codes and more information on both programs, you can visit the training page on our website, thesuccessleague.io. 
I also want to mention a terrific resource from Strike Deck called The Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. This is a 200-page ebook you can download from Amazon, and it includes fantastic tips, articles, and exercises to grow your career in customer success. CSMs will find information that helps them get started in the field, and managers will gain tools they can implement to help build the customer success function within their organization. Links for the Success League's training sessions and the ebook can be found in the description of this episode. And now back to our interview. If one of our listeners wanted to try out the process of mapping an experience through a diagram, what would be an easy customer-oriented diagram for them to start with, and how would you recommend that they approach that project? Sure. Um, I would start with customer journey map. Um, I think it's one of the one of the more con- kind of concrete or, or less abstract um, targets to start off with. Um, and okay. I think it's also very relevant to customer success as well, too. You can map or imagine a lot of customer success processes from a customer journey map. Um, and I think teams uh, and your colleagues will understand a customer journey map be over an experience map or some other types of things out there. So I would recommend starting with a customer journey map. Um, sometimes it's hard to... Uh, get the bandwidth to launch a an, um, a mapping effort as such, uh, you know, separate from other activities. So typically, mapping becomes part of uh, of another um, effort or initiative that you might have some research or some insights gathering that you're doing, and the map becomes then the output of that. For instance, um, I I was fortunate in my career, and this is to some degree what led to me writing my book, is that I I had a lot of mapping projects of you know, a decade or more ago, I was working on mapping projects. That was the effort, just doing a mapping effort. But I, I realize, uh, and this has happened to me in other jobs too, that you, sometimes you don't have that bandwidth or that clarity. Um, so I think, you know, attaching a mapping effort to another effort is a great way to start. And just start simple with some phases of interaction and start collecting the actions, thoughts, and feelings um, from from sources of, of investigation that you have. Um, and start, starting kind of small um, and not, not trying to boil the ocean at once. Yeah. I, do you recommend um, working on this as a group exercise, given what we were talking about earlier, where it's, it helps to get buy-in? Yes, ab- absolutely. Again, you know, one of the mistakes that I made was trying to come up with a model. And really, w- what a map is, whether it's a customer journey map or a service blueprint, it's a model. It's not reality. It's not the experience. The experience is something out there that the customer has. What we're trying to do is come up with a model of it. And that model then serves as a central communication point for people internally. If if the people don't buy into the model or if they don't understand the model or understand where it came from, it's so much harder to have the conversation around it then because then they just get hung up on on the model. Hey, where'd that phase come from? Where did why did you break things down that way? <laughs> yeah. uh, and you get rat holed into the model and and rather than what the model's trying to say. So it definitely involve people from the very beginning so you don't have those surprises later on of people shooting down, you know, the basic the basic principle of where your your starting point, you know, uh, that they're not questioning your starting point um, and involving people from square one. Yeah, thank you. I think that's great advice for the group. So last question and something I ask all of our guests, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Yeah, um, it, it, you know, it's a great question. Um, and a yeah, tough one, tough one to answer definitively. Of course, a lot of people are going to have different um, different opinions on that too. That's what. That's why we there ask you it because we get go. different things in every episode. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> since since one of you know one of the focuses of the book, and you know you heard it in some of the answers here today that I've been giving too, is around alignment. 
Um, and I think, you know, I talk about two different types of alignment in the book. And the first is the alignment from, uh, you know, the outside in perspective that we want to we want to see our service, our product from the outside in. So it's about trying to align to the customer and then ultimately having em empathy with the customer. I think that's one type of alignment that visualizations help with. And it's not a silver bullet. It's 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 one tool that we can use to help us align to the outside from, you know, our organizational per perspective instead of doing the, you know, the typical navel gazing that a lot of organizations do. But in order to act on that new outside in perspective, the team has to be aligned. So I think I think, you know, cu uh, customer success being relatively new as a field and a discipline, some organizations are more advanced in absorbing customer success and really understanding that. I think I think we see a lot of alignment issues. Right. The, the classic one is how does CS and sales align? Or CS in marketing and CS in product. So I, I think I think one of the trends we're going to start seeing is is more focused on on alignment. Um, I think we, I think CS has a really great base in terms of practice. You know, certainly things that the Success League does in terms of discipline and and tools and methods and all that great stuff that that you guys put out there. Um, but um, I think the struggle and the, the trend that we're going to see is okay. How does that align now in my organization with all these other teams? Right. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time working on that at the Success League with the customers that we work with is just how does, how does customer success fit into the rest of the organization? We're often working with companies that either haven't had customer success, even though they've been around for a long time, or they're um, trying to kind of get ready to grow their customer success organization. And um, when that happens, we um, end up, um, you know, helping them fit customer success into other spots in the organization. Oh, yeah. And that's another overlap, by the way, to my, my design and UX background as well, too. Um, not, not, that, not that they've figured out. The UX world still needs a ton of alignment as well, too. Um, but it, it, some of the, I, I, I see some of the similar growing pains um, of you know, customer success. Is, it's this new thing, and now you're, you're injecting this new thing into an existing organism, and um, you know, sometimes it gets rejected or it doesn't quite fit in. Um, so, so, so those struggles are similar as well, too. So I'm definitely, yeah. I'm definitely feeling some of the same pains I felt as a UX designer on the customer success side as well, too. Okay, cool. Well, Jim, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the podcast today. I know you're in the middle of traveling, so thank you. And I'm excited about your book and the work you're doing in the customer success field to help leaders visualize customer experiences. I know our listeners will really appreciate the advice that you had for them on how to get started and what has worked for you at Mural. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kristen. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, um, you can connect with me on on LinkedIn, um, or please follow me on Twitter. It's at Jim Callback um, with no spaces or dots, uh, at Jim Callback on Twitter. Um, or you can reach out to me as well too via email. Um, happy to chat about anything that I've talked about here. Um, it's Jim at mural.co. Um, and uh, be happy to continue the conversation with your audience, Kristen. Oh, how do they get your book if they want to find that? Sure. Um, on Amazon.com. Um, you can just okay. uh, mapping experiences probably will be the first uh, result that you get in books there as well. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. I also want to thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, 
and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, please subscribe to Strike Deck Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud. And finally, thanks for listening to this podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time.